I sometimes wonder if we should adopt strategies to like out annoy the kids when they annoy us. Yeah, you can't play the game that they started and and try to beat them at it. You got to kind of like step back and play like the meta game that you're playing. <laughs> I, I wonder. I wonder if they know we're on a podcast like strategizing, like <laughs> game theory and. <laughs> I used to like joking that, that being a parent is easy. You just need to be a perfect person. Um. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, Mum Jokes. I'm Lalita. I'm a queer mom of a 13-year-old, a single mom by choice, and a comic. And I'm Smita. I'm a mom of two and a comic as well. And I met Lalita through stand-up. We decided to start this podcast because we were wondering... How are other parents managing during the pandemic? Are they finding it as difficult as we do? So we decided to ask some people that we really like talking to, other comics. By the way, if you are looking for actual parenting advice and tips, this is not the podcast for you. Today we talked to Natasha Muse. She's a mom of two, a self-described queerdo, and she's a stand-up comic as well. Let's start with this clip from one of her shows. <laughs> have you guys, are, I'm probably older than most of you, have you guys gotten to that age where you're just like, wow, this just keeps like happening? <laughs> like, oh, all right, more of this. Okay, cool. And you, do you guys still, uh, you guys probably young enough, you're trying to like improve yourselves and everything? <laughs> yeah, I'm older than that. I'm like, this is kind of, this is what, I've, this is, this is it. And I just kind of accept it, you know? Like I, I color my hair, you know, and I like, Actually, I got that sickness, not this new sickness, but in, in January, I got like really sick and I lost 10 pounds and that was fun. You know, I like kept that up. I didn't eat for a few days and I was like, this is kind of cool. Went down a size, that's nice. You know, you take the small things, you know, you just do what you can, you know. I don't, I don't want to look too good. I don't want to look too abductable, right? Because that's the thing. That's a tip that I should say, right? Just try to, you know, ugly yourself up a little. Not like you should blame the victim. No, anyways. I'm going on a limb. I don't even know. I got to wrap this up. Do you guys know how long this has been so far? I've been on stage? Like 45 years. No. Uh, it's been a hot minute. I was going to tell jokes, but then I just started talking to you guys. And that's more interesting, right? It's like getting to know you, right? The audience. Whether or not you like what we did tonight, like, you have to admit, like, I could never, like, do this again, right? Like, that's something, right? Like, this is entirely unique to this situation right now. And you guys in the back probably feel ignored or happy about it or both, you know? And that's just how life is, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Um, actually, I did have a question for this group. Great. Um, which, it's not really body image, it's more hair image. How is everyone's hair doing in this pandemic? I, I don't know. I, um, I, I, uh, I discovered Overtone. Have you guys been doing, uh, do you guys yeah. color your hair? Yes, I do color my hair. I'm very gray. And today, actually, literally today, I've tr I watched a YouTube video on this and tried to do salt and pepper hair. So a little bit gets colored and a little bit doesn't. So it looks like you're trying, but not too hard. Hmm. <laughs> it sounds great. We'll have, to, we'll have to see. Okay, Natasha, overtone. I don't know. I don't, honestly, I don't know if I'd be a very good rep now that I think about it. I don't think I'm qualified. <laughs> um... I've been using it and I've been getting a good amount of compliments and that's kind of how I judge whether or not something was worth it. 
was the amount of effort I put in versus the amount of compliments I get. Right. There Um, needs to be a payoff. I can see that. There needs to be a payoff or some kind of, uh, yeah, some kind of reward or something, you know, and I guess maybe I could, I could post pictures of it and count the likes I get. (laughs) I also absolutely do not understand that I was allowed to take my child to the dentist because that's considered essential and my hairdresser still cannot open. Um, So yeah, there's all of that. I've started using what my hairdresser um, calls the uh, desperation clip, you know, those little plastic things. (laughs) The little barrettes? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like seven-year-olds, you probably, your kids have those. Uh, I've been cutting my husband's hair and he's been cutting my hair and I've been cutting my son's hair. So we're all just sitting in a circle cutting each other's (laughs) hair all day long. It's been so, it's like, I came out of my room the other day and my kid uh, who wants nothing to do with me on account of being 13, he looked at me and he's like, what is going on with your hair? I'm like, oh my God, if he, if he notices it, <laughs> really not a good sign. Can I ask what was going on with it? You know, it's just... <laughs> Follow up. What was going on? <laughs> I, the humidity frizz, I'm, I'm very familiar with that because I grew up in Singapore and that's like right at the equator. So it was always humid. And then I moved to the US and I was like, oh, I look like a different person. It was really wonderful experience coming somewhere that was not just like 99% humidity. I used to live in New England and um, my skin would get really red in the winter because it was so cold or really red in the summer <laughs> because it was so hot. <laughs> So I was in Wisconsin for 10 years. So I I hear you, Natasha. I mean, the Bay Area weather is just, I mean, right now it's problematic because of the fires. On Tuesday night, it was so bad that I came out of my room and I really thought my kid had started smoking. And because it smelled so strongly, and this is a no smoking complex. And I I went through this very quick moment of, well, I was 13 when I started smoking. So do I have the moral right to chew him out? And of course, yes. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Um, Complete um, hypocrisy, I think, is built into the job description, right? Of being a parent. (laughs) You know, I read a book about this, exactly this, which is like, should I feel guilt about applying rules to my kid that I know that I used to break myself. And the book said the same thing. They were like, your job is not to be like morally consistent from then to now. Your job is to like be a parent and do what you have to do. I read a lot of books because I was like, how do I do this? (laughs) Somebody tell me. And I don't want to hear it from my parents. Oh my God. And did you follow the advice in those books then, Smitha? You know what? I feel like I read them in like a desperate fog and I don't remember like 95% of what I read. So probably not. Um, I think like I just end up making it up as I go along, right? Improv rules, like, because they keep changing the game on you as well, right? Yeah, for real. Now my kids have become like little lawyers where everything I say, they like want to catch me on the technicality Uh. of it. God, like a, negotiation. Oh my God. Yeah. Tell us some examples because they're quite fun when you're not actually in, in them. Actually today it was nice because my, do- my daughter actually like, like we had pizza on the roof today and there was a packet yes. in the ground and I was like, oh, can you pick up that ketchup packet? And she was like, actually it's a cheese packet. But, I'll, <laughs> but then she goes, but I'll pick it up anyway. And I was like, wow, my God, I won. 
can't believe it. That's that's very impressive. My my kid told me today he got up. I'm like, you have to have a shower. Like, mm-hmm. um, and he said, okay, I'll have it in five minutes. And then after around seven minutes, I said, hey, it's been five minutes. And he spoke the unforgettable words, mom. <laughs> When I say five minutes, I don't actually mean five minutes. I started to negotiate. I'm like, so five doesn't means what exactly? <laughs> Rather than saying shower now. I'm like, okay. So we settled on 15. Oh, that's good. I was going to say mine are young enough that all I do all day long is beg them to do stuff. So beg them to eat and then beg them to eat the fruit and then beg them to get into the bath and then beg them to get out of the bath. Yes. And then I think. That's why timeouts are so good because no matter what they're doing, they want to just keep doing it, right? Like, <laughs> so that's why timeouts are great because no matter what they're doing, it's like you're not doing what you want to be doing right now. Like, you might not get to do what I want you to do, but you're also not going to get to do what you want to do. Oh, I, I used to give them out like all the time. I was like, <laughs> ruthless. like I felt ruthless with them, although it was just a timeout. But I would be like, I was like, I got more timeouts if you want. <laughs> I got my pockets full of <laughs> timeouts for you and you and you. <laughs> and I have to resist to like not because I would start to like entertain myself a little bit, like go into stand up mode and like and that's not the right instinct to follow when you're upset. Like I would be like kind of realize how silly I sounded, you know, but while I was still upset with the kids and I was like, well, I can't like give them these weird next messages where I'm, you know, making myself laugh while also still feeling upset with them so i have to tone that down a little bit but the mixed messages are endless though i remember having this fight with him where he wanted this was in um wisconsin where we had a a a yard and he was out in the yard and and it started to rain and i'm like you know you've got to come inside you're going to get wet and he's like what am i going to do inside and i'm like you have to have a bath (laughs) (laughs) and you hear yourself say it and you're like oh god that makes no sense yeah and you could hear even before you say the word, you're like, oh, no, I got to say this sentence and they're going to call me on it. Every morning I wake up, I'm a goldfish. I don't know what the rules are. I don't know what I said <laughs> yesterday. I just make it up as I go along. And the way five became 15, I mean, that was pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Okay. I have a 13-year-old who's in Algebra 1, so I'm no good to him whatsoever. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> is that like solving for X? Is that like what Algebra 1 is? Is that like just the, when they introduce the variables? All I know about Algebra 1 is that we're um, tomorrow is day four of the school year, and the teacher mm-hmm. uh, has already resigned, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and we're getting <laughs> a new teacher tomorrow. <laughs> That's awful. That what? is just, it's, it's, it's really funny wow. to me as a comedian. The teacher left, so now you have to literally solve for X. <laughs> There's too many variables in the algebra class. <laughs> and they said it had no application to real life. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, my kids are six and eight. So they're starting first and third grade. So we're just getting into like the, what I think of as the fun math, like the math you can kind of just do in your head, mm-hmm. let it kind of bounce around. Yeah. But I've heard nightmare stories about the common core method where they're like, let's take a really simple sum, break it up into really complicated ways. And yeah. 
I remember having a fight with him because he was like, you know, what's three times 21? And I'm like, it's 63. And he's like, no, you've got to show the steps. I'm like, well, it just is 63. There are no <laughs> steps. <laughs> it just is. He's like, that's wrong. They're not going to accept that. Yeah. <laughs> it's the step. It's 63. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. How many steps do you need? <laughs> hmm. Actually, that's funny because my kids used to, um, they haven't been doing it for a while, but they heard about sex. Um, in their elementary school, and um, anytime they see people rubbing their butts together, they think that's what sex is. Um, I mean, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they think any kind of interesting touching is sex. So for a while, they're like, ooh, you guys are having sex. Or <laughs> like, it was like a common, um, just a common thing that they would like kind of accuse us of, you know? And then mm -hmm. I was like, that's not what sex is. You guys don't know what sex is. And then they would be like, well, then what is sex? And then I was like, well, I'll tell you later, you know, that's, <laughs> like, that's a later that. conversation. And they kept persisting. And I was like, okay, I'll tell you what sex is. But first, we need to learn some other things. Like, so I was like, do you know what a cell is? Like, no. And I was like, oh, well, we need to learn about cells before I can teach you. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like trying to like take my improvising, like comedian, you know, like yes and, yeah. but then, you know, just agree to what they want, but then give them way more than they ever intended to have. That's very smart. I just lectured. My kid is 13 and I've been lecturing him about consent since he was like five. Oh, nice. And so he, I don't know that. I mean, I guess by now he's figured out what sex is, but he knows that whatever it is, everybody's got to really want it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> consent. Yeah. yeah. It's all the rage. Thank you. On behalf of everyone, thank you for doing that. Right? Yeah. It seems yeah. important. <laughs> My uh, oldest daughter was institutionalized recently. Uh, we call it, what do you call it? Kindergarten? And uh, she's learned cool new vocab words. She came home and she was insisting that her genitals were her nuts, right? She was like, mommy, I've got nuts. And I was like, oh yeah? She's like, yeah, yeah, Stephen told me. And I was like, well, who's that? She's like, he's in kindergarten. I was like, oh, okay, that's not usually how girls roll. I'm trying to explain that girls don't usually call their business their nuts. And she was like, no, no, they're my nuts. And like, I don't know what it is in her brain where she decided that like, I'm all of a sudden like gonna lie to her and manipulate her or if she's, not used to people being wrong or whatever. I don't know, but she's like, and I was like going back and forth. And I don't know if you guys, you guys don't have kids or do you have any job that you tell yourself you love it because you can't quit it without killing yourself? But <laughs> parenting is exhausting, is the point. Is like, like kids need to eat like every day and they need to sleep inside. Like there's all these rules that need to happen. So by like 8.30 and like they're tired and you're tired and you're going back and forth insisting that they don't have nuts. And she's like, no, these are nuts. I, you're just like, you know what? I don't care anymore. I did care a little bit and you used it all up and now you've got nuts, you know? In the springtime, I felt very anxious and I felt like I had to kind of babysit and I really be like the teacher's hands. I've lowered my expectations a lot since then, so that feels good. Seriously, the last few months have been a real exercise in lowering expectations. Yeah. I remember when things shut down in March, I was like, I'm gonna have a daily plan and we're gonna cook different things every day and we're going to, you know, I was just gonna be that woman. And then I, I've, I've like sort of settled back down to who I really am. Yeah, if everyone's fed, if everyone is sort of under control somewhat, we are doing great for the day. Yeah. That's all. That's all I can expect. <laughs> I, I don't know about you guys, but like every night when I have to get dinner ready, I have this just like, oh gosh, feeling where I'm like, this really feels like Groundhog Day. Where like every day you're like trying, trying to figure out, okay, what's the thing I'm supposed to cook tonight? <laughs> um, and it's, 
it's really like I feel one of the toughest points of the day for me just because you know my, my mine are small enough where like restaurant food doesn't always work for them and so then I have to cook at home and it's really like taking it out of me I'm, I'm, I live alone with my son, and so I am the cook, even though he can also now just make himself mac and cheese and stuff like that. So if I really can't be bothered, he'll just feed himself. So that's kind of nice. But I've been doing more takeout, which concerns me because I don't know how safe it really is. But mm. as you say, that daily slog of having to figure out what to make. My um, stepmom hated that so much. She had four kids, um, and she found that the hardest part of of being a mom is that every day so um she bought this cookbook <laughs> um and it had every day it was just like it was called the day the daily cookbook or something and it just told you what to make every day it had 366 pages oh, and come wow. rain or sh and it was seasonal so you know it was actually the date um and we just always knew we knew what we were going to have six months from now we could just look it up <laughs> I don't mind cooking, but it is like a relentless, like need for food never ends. So it's like this repetitive thing. Well, because I'm raising a male presenting child, this is just so important that he knows the basics around the kitchen. Yeah. Once it's again, Lalita, thank you. Thank you. On behalf of society, thank yeah. you. I mean, I think I would prefer to have a, a, an office, a little office, than, uh, than a second bathroom. But it's also kind of nice that the teenager and I don't have to, you know, see each other in the morning. It's <laughs> some benefits. Yeah, especially because he's got lots of opinions about the way you look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one deserves that first thing in the morning. You don't need that. My daughters used to get into a habit of, you know, we they... they they have their own room, but they often will, because their kids come into our room to sleep. And uh, mm -hmm. first thing in the morning, they'll be like, oh, your breath stinks, mommy. I'm like, yeah, I know. Thanks. Thank you. This is thing I've been trying to teach my four-year-old. Um, I always ask him, do you know who has stinky poops? And he'll say, who? And I'll say, everybody. Please remember that. Everybody has. Because I just want him to know, like, nobody ain't shit. Like, you know? It, right. We're all sort of just these biological blobs wandering around and you know lest we forget I think that's lovely I think um I mean I'm also from Amsterdam which I always bring into the conversation to explain why I have attitudes towards nudity and <laughs> public nudity that may not mesh the average American sensibility 
The first time somebody asked me where Holland was near, I finally understood the point of Belgium. <laughs> I know some of you are on your phones right now, like Belgium, Belgium. <laughs> Near Holland, so you need to know Holland. Yeah. We share a language actually, it's Dutch, and people get all judgy of me when they realize my son doesn't speak Dutch. They're like, oh, you didn't want to continue the language lineage? To that I say, have you heard Dutch? Like, have you actually listened to it? <clears throat> you know that sound you make when you throw up and gag at the same time? Like this? So that's good morning. And I've always been very open about periods and, and just the, the stuff of, of, of uh, certain aspects of womanhood. Yeah. Uh, and I that's talk awesome. a lot about, I mean, I'm going through some kind of a menopause. I don't know what's going on with my body. And I just talk about that and I can see him cringe. But what I really like, <laughs> and he never cringed before, but now that he's 13, he cringes. But oh, he yeah. knows not to cringe. He knows that will really upset me if he cringes. And so it's like when you stifle a yawn in a meeting, <laughs> I, I see him do that. <laughs> I'm so proud of that. He knows not to cringe when I go on and on about my bits. <laughs> I mean, but he is 13, right? So, I mean, I, when I think back to when I was 13, I cringed at everything. Oh, oh yeah. My God. Just being yeah. alive was painful. Yeah, like, you know, my parents would say something like, hi, and I'd be mortified and yeah. like, you know, think about it for hours and like, you know. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, sometime around that age, I, that's when I, we, I, we, like my friends and I, we all just started sighing like all the time. Like that was like the like the the weird you know verbal thing that went to all like <sighs> like that was like like <laughs> like these real harsh sighs that we would give each other and our parents. I don't I don't know where it came from, but it must have been very annoying to anybody else. Yeah, I sometimes wonder if we should adopt strategies to like out annoy the kids when they annoy us. But I don't know if it's actually possible. Like, what would happen if we side back? Like, <gasps> yeah, you can't. You get. You can't. Uh, I feel like you can't play the game that they started and and try to beat them at it. You got to kind of like step back and play like the meta game that like incorporates their game, but you're playing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a like a longer game, I guess. <laughs> I, I wonder know. I wonder if they know we're on a podcast like strategizing like <laughs> game theory and <laughs> I used to like joking uh, saying that the, the being a parent is easy you just need to be a perfect person um, <laughs> I I've been trying to just feel like they they're more emulators than listeners so I just try to do what I hope that they do I mean I still will tell them to do things because like obviously but I feel like I also try to like, you know, be the person that I hope that they'll kind of be in some way. So, yeah, I mean, it's easier to say than to do. And it wasn't easy to say. So, yeah, <laughs> modeling good behavior is it can be very hard, but I think it's real. It's super real. And I think I mean, that has if there is a philosophy at all, that's always been mine, that if you can just keep it real, then. At yeah. some point, that will have an effect. Although I used to yell at him quite a bit. I don't really, I really, I mean, I do it still some more than I should. And um, once, you know, but I would always apologize. And so once when I, apolog once, once when I was yelling, he said, 
is this where you're going to apologize to me in half an hour and then yell at me again tomorrow? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I have this thing I think about. I call it the podcast test. When I do something in my parenting life that I question, I'm like, is this what he's going to talk about on the podcast when he's famous? <laughs> right. <laughs> When you get frozen food and you can either put it in the oven or you can put it in the microwave, we always put it in the oven because we're good mothers. We're not microwave. <laughs> <laughs> and I still do that. And my kid is like, you just put that in the microwave because I'm like hungry and I don't want it in 45 minutes. I'm yeah. like, no, we have standards in this house. <laughs> we bake our frozen food. Exactly. <laughs> That's how our ancestors did it. Yes. <laughs> From scratch. From scratch, <laughs> scratch. My youngest, like, oh my, they, they went through a phase where they liked frozen peas, but like still frozen. They thought it, they tasted like candy or something. Oh. And that stuff, it's just like, when that happens, you just got to run with it, you know? Like, wow. you can't question it. You just got to like enjoy the good fortune. And mm -hmm. some nights it's a bag of peas for dinner and <laughs> they're eating frozen peas and it feels wrong and it looks awful, but... <laughs> Is it kind of like eating ice chips, but with a vegetable as well? Yeah, I think so. Here we are telling people that this podcast does not contain parenting advice. I mean, look at us. <laughs> <laughs> Meal planning for yeah. the win. Frozen peas. Yeah. Frozen peas, still frozen. <laughs> but if you do want to defrost them, bake them. Yeah, you definitely want to bake your peas. <laughs> 45 minutes. <laughs> You know what's good too for cauliflower? Sometimes I'll mix it with potatoes and you can mash potatoes with some cauliflower in there and it flips oh, yeah. them up a little bit. Oh, yeah. Stealth cauliflower, it can go anywhere. Very hard yeah. to isolate. Yeah, it's like the vodka of vegetables. I've <laughs> <laughs> recently developed a taste for spicy food and I think it's a hormonal thing, mm. um, but I'm, I'm definitely not pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> It's a menopause thing. And it's really weird. I am now that person that I hate that when you, you know, in the old days when you used to cook and you spend time on it and then people come and they're like, do you have hot sauce? It's like, no, if it was meant to be hot, I would have made it hot. Um, Lalita, can I ask you a controversial question? Did you used to eat a lot of food from cultures outside of Holland when you were growing up? Oh, so no, because uh, because we have that cookbook, remember? Oh, yes. <laughs> it wasn't an international cookbook? It was not. It was very heavily potato-based. Um, so no. Um, I mean, now, of course, there's a ton of food in Holland. But mm. of course, Holland has a somewhat violent past. <laughs> we might not want to go into in this podcast. Mm. And so we had foods from those places. I mean, mm. there was a lot of Indonesian food, a lot of Caribbean food. You can Google this. This is advice to all the white Dutch people listening. <laughs> Read up on your history. It's not good. Wow. That took a left turn. I know, right? <laughs> it's so funny, like, because of this pandemic, like, so many people have had to turn inwards and sort of like mm. be like, what do I cook? What do I make? What activities? Like first day we were home, I, I, you know, on the 13th of March when the schools officially closed, I think on that Monday. So that would have been the 16th of March. I tweeted how many hours we had left. And that was on a three week model. <laughs> <laughs> this was all so new. We, were all, we all had to learn all this language and terms and ideas so quickly, and then it kept changing on us anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been hard. I don't know. Do we have any words of advice or 
condolence or encouragement to each other in you know as we think about the next few months because this is going on for a while right uh life i mean yes hopefully (laughs) but (laughs) do do i have any i probably not i have nothing i thank you so much for joining us today natasha it was absolutely wonderful talking to you Yeah, it was so much fun. Thanks for having me. And uh, we can all be followed on social media. So if you want to find us, Natasha, where can we find you? Um, You can find me on, uh, uh, I actually have my website, natashamuse.com. And or you can check me out on the Twitter at Natasha Muse. I'm at Lalita D Comedy and D is D-E-E on all the platforms. And you can find me, Smitha, on Twitter at almost favorite. 